the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, folks. Thanks for <laughs> turning back into SDORC Dirt Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. San Diego. Um, here in studio covering for Dave Stahl. We've got Ed Stoven and Audrey Mason in the house today. Um, he's out and about um, at for GMC on an off-road adventure testing out a new truck for us out in Anza Borrego at the Diablo drop-off. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm very uh, nervous, I guess, to say for my first time two years in radio, and I'm I'm, I'm nervous You're to be... You're more nervous than you've ever been. I, I think I've, for, since the beginning I haven't felt this jittery. You're sitting, in. You're yeah. sitting in the captain's chair. Yeah, so I keep, you know, Next forgive to the computer, my dyslexia. by the monitor, you can see everything, the control room. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Um, uh, definitely excited. We have a guest on air with us right now that we're going oh, to be talking great. about. San Diego Off-Road Coalition has done a lot in the um, in San Diego County to um, endorse certain uh, politicians in in their um, avenue and 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 trying to help tr- trying to navigate San Diego and and trying to get him elected um, because having you know key people in place and in key positions is very important um, we have Amy and I'm so sorry I want to pronounce your last name correctly right Reich Reichard or Reichart Reichert. That's, that's Amy Reichert. You Reichert. almost had it. Okay. <laughs> the second time. Thank you for joining us, Amy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's nice to have oh, you on, thank Amy. you, Audrey. Thank you, Ed. So I met Amy last weekend, last Sunday at KUSI. I was there with some motorcycle uh, riders promoting the Mountain Dash uh, event that we're putting on. And you came into the studio and we chatted. And it turned out you're running for county supervisor in district four that is correct i am running against nathan fletcher well thank goodness we need somebody to take over his position i followed his uh career a little bit in in politics he's had he was a state assemblyman for uh two terms he uh he ran for uh city mayor he didn't do very well with the city mayor and then he ran for county supervisor and that's the position he has now. So uh, where Audrey and I, we're off-road vehicle users, and we're, we run an organization that helps off-roading. So what is your position on responsible off-road vehicle use, Amy? A thousand percent support it. I mean, I grew up in San Diego, and I mean, San Diego culture here is all about off-road vehicle use. I mean, how many people that are listening, I mean, besides yourselves, you know that your neighbors also have off-road vehicles in their garages and uh, take off on family vacations and outings with friends. I mean, this is just part of the California lifestyle and a thousand percent behind it. You weren't on the, uh, I don't know if you heard the previous hour, Desiree Bates called in and we talked about what our best memories in Akatia Wells were and both uh, Desiree and Audrey here 
they said their best memory was with their family out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, I happen to know that in San Diego County, there's 143,000 off-road vehicles currently registered. In addition to those, there's a whole bunch of vehicles that are not registered, and there's way more than that that are street legal that don't fall into that category, but all your Jeeps, trucks, dual sport motorcycles. Oh, yeah. And, and from Subarus to Suzuki Sidekicks and Samurais, uh, Toyotas, there's all kind of vehicles. So it, there's a lot of us out here, and we don't really form a strong voting block, but we are still here and we still want to have access. I disagree. We do form a strong voting block. May not be as strong as... We're a hard group to corral and get to help. That's what I've found. Some of us are great, but not all of us. So, Amy, how's how's your campaign going? It's going awesome. So, I just started campaigning in January because that's when the lines of my district were redrawn. I live in La Mesa. And previously, I was in Joel Anderson's district. And then, of course, when redistricting was finalized, I found myself in Nathan Fletcher's district. And when that happened, it was game on. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego. And he has been the chief elected officer in San Diego that we have most uh, clashed with, with uh, his draconian policies and just his refusal to really have a conversation with San Diegans. And his name calling and shaming of people who disagree with him. Yeah, yeah. He he. I I call him turncoat for a reason. <laughs> um, so he, what happened with? What, why do you call him turncoat, Audrey? Um. Well, when he first started out, he started out and he had political views, and he spoke. You know what his position was and what his principles were, and um. Since then, it seems like he's just turned coat. He went from being a Republican in the beginning and being very strong Republican to a very wishy-washy Democrat. And you can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. So, so, so he, when he was in the assembly, he was a Republican. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was running for mayor, he turned to independent and then he turned again to Democrat. Yeah. And, and now when I see people running for office, you want somebody to really express who they are what they represent, they they run for office and they, they have these views. So to go from one extreme to another, you it seems thought. like it's more like he's a career politician than somebody who's really expressing his, his true feelings. It, it seems like he could be bought for any, you know, any position. What, what highest bidder is, is my opinion. Oh my God. I don't, well, I, I don't that's know. Possible. I, I can't I say, know. but you know, I've, I've heard that, that Amy is a private investigator and oh my could, God. could potentially look into you, some of the things that have happened in the past and, and what's gone on with, with the closing down of the schools and, and mask mandates and the whole nine yards. Amy, have, have you found taken. anything uh, interesting in your If you can your share. I don't know if you can I or not. Have. I have. So last week before I was going to go on uh, KSI, when you and I met, Ed, it was very interesting. I wound up getting a text I wasn't supposed to get. And it was from someone in city government that deals a lot with the county. And they were making the allegation that the county of San Diego has received over $29 million over the past four years 
from the Regional Task Force on Homelessness, and that $29 million has not all gone to homelessness. This person is alleging that the funds are being spent elsewhere, and that's why we're seeing the government is spending more and more money than we ever have, and yet the problem is getting worse. Why is that? Yeah, God, I, I mean, it's everywhere. You need a private investigator to investigate it. Yeah, I, yeah. I mountain bike around, and I, I see homeless people in homeless camps and, and little places that, that I didn't used to see them. And I, I, I know Joel mm-hmm. Anderson has been working on the homeless problem. But to see more money being allocated and then less solutions or you know less progress, that's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's very frustrating. I've seen the homeless encampments everywhere from, you know, the large one in El Cajon that that just came out and had an issue um, where they were calling human trafficking out of that one um, to, you know, downtown San Diego in the riverbed and all along um, the the free. Look at the freeways. You can see that when you go downtown, you can look at the underpasses. They live on the side of the freeway and under the bridges. And in it's it's very interesting. overwhelming i think and it's, it's yeah there's a lot of it and, and it's kind of sad right, do you have any um plans if, if you get elected to help with homelessness absolutely and so with my experience as a licensed private investigator i remember a case that i got and this was a case where i had to get video evidence and do surveillance on a neighborhood and the neighborhood was a huge condominium complex on 17th street in the city of San Diego. And across the street was a a center called the Neil good day center. And it was a day center for the homeless where homeless could go in and pick up mail, take a shower, watch television, make telephone calls. Well, what was happening right before the center would open in the morning is there would literally be hundreds of people lined up for the services, which is really, really sad. And what was was visible back then was encampments, or yep. that's when the beginnings of this was. And the neighbors across the street said, look, we're not against compassionate solutions for the homeless. We yeah. just want you to be a good neighbor. And so when I did this surveillance, and I later had to testify to the San Diego Planning Commission with my surveillance video, I went at 2 o'clock in the morning. I went at 6 o'clock in the morning. I went in the evening, and what I saw was shocking. Uh, what I was seeing was um, open uh, acts of drug dealing uh, with an adult man using a, an 11-year-old child. As oh, my cover. God. Oh my Amy, could you there tell were... us more after the commercial break? Yeah, we got to take a quick break. We would love to hear course. some more. But okay, we we'll to, come right we back. 96.1 FM, AM 1170. The answer. San Diego. All right, we're back to SDRC Dirt Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. We're here with Amy Breitkart. She's running for county supervisor in District 4, the city of San Diego. And I'm very excited to have Amy running against Nathan Fletcher. I'm hoping we can get Turncoat Fletcher out of office as soon as possible. Um, as in my opinion, he has somewhat destroyed San Diego County and and what we used to have um, and what he's done. So I'm very excited to see what Amy can do for us. Amy has been very active in the community since COVID-19 happened with the reopened San Diego. She has attended several county supervisor meetings um, and any type of county uh, or um, city meeting that she could where she spoke on our behalf and spoke for the rights of people and to unmask San Diego and reopen the schools and reopen small businesses 
Ministries. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited to have Amy on with us again. Um, Amy, we were just talking about um, uh, the homeless situation in San Diego, and um, you were telling us a story that you um, were, you know, very sad story that you were dealing with in downtown off the of 17th Street and, um, you know, what you were seeing out there. Yeah, uh, I'm a state licensed private investigator, and this was an actual case that I had. And it was investigating uh, what the impact of the Neil Good Day Center on the, on 17th Street was having on a condominium uh, complex right across the street. And as I was sharing before the commercial break, I did a surveillance over a 4th of July weekend several different times, uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, and in the evening. And what I saw was encampments, and this was several years ago before what we're seeing in San Diego right now, with encampments being a reality. It's kind of a foreshadowing of what happened now. And here was the thing, you know, the condominium complex people, these were working class people. These were not rich people. All they wanted the Neil Good Day Center to do was to be a good neighbor. And what was happening is hundreds of of, uh, unhoused people were lining up before the center would open. And so I videotaped during the surveillance acts of violence. Uh, homeless people hurting, injuring, mm-hmm. wounding. It was there were felony violations happening here, attacking one another, fights, street fights, open acts of drug dealing. An, an adult man using an 11 year old child as a shield while he openly dealt drugs on the street corner. Acts of prostitution as well. And so that's exactly what we're seeing right now. How in the world is this? allowed to exist right now so we have a problem and i have a solution so right now quite frankly the state of california is tying the hands of county government and saying yep these people can build colonies on the street where we know that there are actual rapes going on in these colonies uh, open acts of drug dealing and public intoxication and the county is not allowed to do anything. And so I, as Reopen San Diego co-founder, well, we have sued the city of San Diego under over unconstitutional mandates in federal court. So if I'm elected, I have no problem suing the state of California to do the right thing and not allow encampments. That would be amazing. That would be a big help to us. Yeah. You know, I don't know what would happen with the homeless people and where they would go and what we could do. I mean, I'm That's sure there's a, a lot more that comes with it. Such um, a difficult problem. And I have an answer to that, too. And I'd love to share that because what I first say, that doesn't sound very compassionate. So let me bring the, the compassion part in. I was in ministry for 10 years. Oh. And one of the ministries that I led was Celebrate Recovery. And I myself, and I've shared my story very openly, uh, I lost my daughter. Uh, She was three days old uh, when she died in the hospital. And I know what it's like to go through a very, very dark time and struggle with depression. And unfortunately and sadly, uh, that depression led to abuse of alcohol. And I'm sober now, and through Celebrate Recovery, I led other people who were struggling with addiction and mental health issues into places of recovery. And so when I talk about the homeless issue and about saying, you know what, we can't have these colonies, it is from a place of love. It is a bottom line that says, we love you too much to turn a blind eye 
and to allow you to sleep on the street and die. Our bottom line is, is we're going to keep reaching out to you in love a lot more than our current homeless outreach teams right now who are staffed with mental health professionals and social workers are doing right now. And we're going to say you cannot sleep on the street because there is a segment of the homeless population that is being offered services and they are turning them down because they're like, hey, I've built a palace here on 17th Street. That's a (laughs) two-story structure that if you tried to do that in your backyard, the city would say, tear that down on your own property. So we need to end this hypocrisy and just say, you know what, this is allowing people to sleep and die on the street is not a solution. And it certainly is not a compassionate one. I agree. I agree with you. Boy, uh, Kathy or, or, or Amy, I've um, I've looked at county, uh, like the number of agencies inside the county, and I was just amazed at how much government is inside the county. Have you looked through all that and seen mm-hmm. that, like there, there's a there's a lot going the on. County I, I, is the third largest employer in in the county. That's really? Right. Wow! Wow! Yeah, third largest employer. That that's big. So there's a lot of people. And, and in addition to employees, there's also appointees. So I'm a San Diego County Fish and Wildlife Commissioner. I don't get paid for that. So I don't think I count as serving. A, but I'm serving. So then there's another whole faction of people who are appointed and, and are doing other stuff to help the county. So it's, it's, a, big, uh, it's a big deal. Um, what um what were you doing before uh you ran for county? I, were you working? You've been working as a uh investigator? Absolutely. So I have got several lifetimes <laughs> of careers. Uh I graduated from San Diego State with a degree in political science. And after I graduated, uh, I I wanted to become a private investigator after I had the experience of finding my birth parents. I was adopted when I was a baby. And I got my license in California in 1999, and it is still active and in good standing, and I help people every day with their investigative needs. But in 2004, that's when I started working in church ministry, and I was in full-time ministry for 10 years. Wow. And so that's where the people part of me is. For 10 years, I oversaw 10 ministries with 650 people active at any given time. Wow. And I was the kind of person that would... I knew people's names, their spouses' names, their kids' names, their pets' names, and I was always responding to people, even if it was at midnight, and they're like, Amy, I'm finally ready to get sober. Can you help me find a bed? I was the person that picked up the phone and helped them find a bed at midnight. That's so amazing. And I think that's why it's so perfect that I find myself not a politician, just by happenstance, destiny, if you will, in Nathan Fletcher's district, I had no plans to run for office. And so I feel that I've had all of these life experiences for a reason. And the reason is, is because I love people and I love serving people. And quite honestly, the people who are in office are not serving people. We need to get them out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, that's great. That's great. I think it would be awesome to have you in office um, so I do as well. And I still we need my yard you. sign. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I got to get it to you. I need oh, my I yard sign. It. Also, uh, Tuesday evening, I'm going to be going down to your headquarters and helping. 
Um, Thank you. I have new campaign headquarters in Mission Valley. So if anybody listening right now wants to get involved with the campaign, we already have over 200 volunteers who have signed up in the past three months. Wow. So every Tuesday and Thursday night, we'll be at our campaign headquarters making calls, doing texts, stuffing envelopes. And how do we get a hold of you if we want to help out? Oh, yeah. So amyforsandiego.com. That's Amy, F-O-R, sandiego.com. You can go on the website. You can see my platform issues. You can read my life story. It's on there with pictures. There's ways to volunteer. There's ways to give as well if that's on your heart. And voting is open from May 9th to June 6th, correct? Yes. When when is the election? on. Yep. Well, let me tell you, so I have a 22-year-old as well as an 11-year-old. My 22-year-old just graduated from San Diego State. He does live wow. with us still, and he already got his ba- his ballot. Yep, so, mine just came. Um, ballots are already ar- arriving, you guys, but most ballots will start arriving tomorrow, Monday, May 9th. So my recommendation is, please, as soon as you get your ballot, just fill it out. You can put it in the mail. I know a lot of people are concerned about election integrity, but I just want to tell you that uh, the local Republican Party here has done a lot with monitoring election integrity, especially in San Diego. There were over 2,000 poll monitors that got involved. And so here's the thing. Everybody needs to fill out their ballot, put it in the mail, and if you're concerned that it's not going to arrive at the registrar voters, Go to scvote.com. You can track your ballot. That's what I did. What? Last like a shipment? <laughs> like when you buy something? Like you, Yeah, like on Amazon where it's like, okay, your, <laughs> your item is three stops away. Just kidding. So what happens with your ballot is you sign up at sdvote.com. So you send your ballot in, and then you'll get a notification saying your ballot has been received. Then you'll get a notification that says your ballot has been cast. So nice. uh, I personally took my ballot to the registrar of voters last time, but mailing is just fine because if you find that your vote has not been cast, you can always request another one on election day. So that's my recommendation. Well, thank you very much, Amy, for coming on the radio with us. We're uh, rooting for you and we hope you can prevail uh, this coming election. We have to take a, a commercial Thank break you, now. Ed. Thank you, Audrey. Yep. Thank Good you bye. very much, Amy. We really appreciate you. Amy for San Diego.com. As you're listening to SDORC Dirt Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right. We're back. Thank you for listening to SDORC Dirt Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. We're here in studio at uh, Stoven and Audrey Mason. We just had Amy Reichart on. Um, she's running for county supervisor. That was a great conversation with her. I will support her as much as I can. Um, uh, we'll go ahead and give a shout out to SNS Off Road Magazine. Uh, 1982, Stephen Sherakukla founded San Diego Off-Roader, later called San Diego Off-Road Magazine, which grew to serve the off-road enthusiasts beyond the county of San Diego and moving to the off-road community to Ocotillo Wells in 2004, where they incorporated as SNS Publishing, Inc. Shortly after, in January 2010, they changed the name of the magazine to SNS Off-Road Magazine, and it's been such ever since. It is one of the best off-road magazines in San Diego County, and I... Uh, it, 
implore you to do your, your research at www.ssorm.com and see for yourself all the great articles that are in there. I know Ed writes two articles in it. I, I write for it. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun magazine because it has local people. Uh, every month, uh, San Diego off-roaders can send in pictures and stories, and there's all kind of stuff. Every month, I see somebody I know, uh, something I know, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the, it was always paper uh, magazines until the pandemic hit, and then uh, it went pure digital. Now, when it was pure paper, it was, I don't know, 36 pages or so. And now it's running about 100 pages. So there's room to add a lot more material, and it's even a more interesting magazine. Yeah, and it's all about the readers for the readers. So if you've got something that you want to throw out there, by all means, reach out to Stephen Sherry at ssorm.com and let him know, and and I'm sure she'll be happy to get you in. Yeah, there's letters to the editor. Um, Every month they have people write in and send in pictures. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet if... uh, did you send in a Mother's Day picture for Nicole? Yeah. That, that made it in? Yeah, I corrected oh, it right. last weekend, remember? That's right. <laughs> I had to apologize to Nicole because I oh called Zoe God. Raven and I did not mean to. Um, Nicole Honstead, one of our board members, she used to come in on studio with us. She's an absolute amazing off-road mom. She's got four babies, three girls and her youngest little Brian, um, the nice baby kids. boy. Yes, they're absolutely amazing. And I, I'd only had one in, in all of my photo collections um, of being out in the desert with them, of, of her and Zoe that I submitted to to surprise her so but it's for the people by the people and um some of the best uh off-road uh news that you could think of it's a lot of fun so uh we were talking to desiree the last hour and we're talking about creating the dirt rider foundation and that that organization will be eligible to get grants well state parks california state parks has a grant program for off-roading and there's a lot of money up for grabs up for distribution and those grants go out for public comment in the months of um, March and April. And I look at those grants every year. I read dozens of them and I write comments on some of the ones that are interesting. Sometimes I want to say nice things about a grant. Sometimes I don't like what they're doing and I want to criticize it, let the grant administrators know there might be a problem I found some crazy problems. I found a national forest uh, grant request once. They wanted thousands of dollars to buy radar detectors. Well, there's no speed limit for off-roading. So what do they need radar detectors for? Using our money? That was kind of crazy. And I think it was just last year, the San Diego Police Department wanted money for uh, side-by-side, for ATVs, and uh, salary for patrolling San Diego City beaches. Now, I've never heard of an off-roading problem on city beaches, and I'm an old surfer, and I spend time on the beach. I've never seen an off-road vehicle, uh, illegal off-road vehicle on the beach. I just think they want it for easier access so that they can get to the illegal activity happening on the beach. Or maybe they just want to look at the girls in bikinis and just drive around on the beach. I mean, how fun would that be? 
Oceano Dunes, Pismo Beach is the only place when you go to Oceano Dunes State Vehicular Recreation Area that you can legally throw a sleeping bag uh-huh. on the beach and sleep there. Camp there is $10 <laughs> overnight where you can legally sleep. No other beach in the state of California can you legally fall asleep on the beach and so stay you overnight. For, uh, so illegal campers and illegal beaches. campers, illegal bonfires, you know, certain activity. When I read that grant request, what really struck me about it is nowhere in the request did they say they'd had any contact with the city lifeguards. And what's interesting about that is the city lifeguards have the power to arrest. They are police officers. They are peace officers on the beach. They already have that beat. They have equipment. They have four-wheel drives and ATVs. They're accustomed to it. They know what's going on. So how is it the police are homing? honing in on this action. It was just weird. So I wrote some pretty scathing comments and then they didn't come back with another grant request this year. (laughs) That's the first place I looked like, Oh, did the city police, are they looking for more money? And they went away. I don't think they got very much last year. Well, what did you find in this year's grants? So I, I found a bunch of interesting grants. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I, this year I didn't find any really bad grants, which is kind of rare. I've, I found all kind of You crazy. love finding them. <laughs> I love I know, isn't it funny? I love the bad ones. It's just like, "Oh, I get to make a bad car." Imperial County Sheriffs had done some questionable grants in the past. Um so I'll go over some of my comments. I printed them out what I wrote and I brought them in. California City uh there's not very many cities that have off-roading in them. California City out in the Mojave Desert, they have a big city limits and they allow people to go off-roading in the city land. Um, in one part of it, it says a heavy equipment operator hired specifically to maintain and groom all trails, roads, and routes in the OHV recreation area. And you know what bothered me about that is why do they have to groom all routes? Yeah. Most Uh, of them, we don't want them to touch. Like we like rough routes. Yeah. We like rough dirt roads. Sometimes do we want the harder it is, the better the gatekeepers keep the others out. You know what (laughs) I mean? We don't want smooth dirt roads. So I said, uh, I believe that some users like routes to be left rough. Why do you need heavy? And then it said they use the heavy equipment during holidays. Oh, so I said, so, isn't it? Da- I wrote. Isn't it dangerous to operate heavy equipment at times of maximum use? Why can't they wait till the place quiets down? Exactly. So that was kind of weird to me. Like, why, why? Why would they want it for holidays? Why? Why don't, don't you wait till the holidays over? Yeah. And then on Monday, when no one's around, then do the work. Yeah, and after and you've had a large they- crowd, not so, during. So I point that out. So who I'm talking to? I'm talking to when I write my comments. I'm talking to the grant applicants. And then I'm talking to the grant administrators, the people who are, are doling out the money. They are interested because they don't know every area in the in the whole state. They get, mm, I don't know, more than 100 grant applications. And, and the grant uh, administrators are in Sacramento. And some of them have been out in the desert. I've seen Sixto Fernandez out in places. So they do get out a little bit, but they don't know every single area. And... Um, for people like me who's actually been to the place, I've seen it, and I can point out some stuff that may, might make them think. Uh, El Mirage. Audrey, have you been to El Mirage? I have been to El Mirage. 
Did I've you, been to the dry lake bed at El Have Mirage. you driven across the dry lake? I have not driven across. I watched somebody drive across the dry lake bed at El Mirage. Were they racing or were you just there? It's land speed record, yeah. We went out to watch one of the ones test for a land oh, speed, land I want, speed see, record. I've been out on a different weekend when I drove on the dry lake, but I would love to go there and watch land speed record racing. Oh, there's nothing like being out there and hearing the engine hearing fire up, the sound song. of it, and just have it, and then just watch them punch it and take off down. It's There's nothing like being on the dry lake bed. So to give you a, a perspective of how big El Mirage Dry Lake is, I went out there for a cleanup and I brought my ATC 200X and it's a five speed. It doesn't go that fast, that top speed, but I don't know. You can cruise at 40 miles an hour. Yeah, very easily. I I rode around the perimeter of the lake and it took about a half an hour at at fast cruising speed. That's how big this dry lake is. It's really big. And people cross 200 miles an hour when they do the land speed and they slow down safely. They don't go crashing into the desert. No. So this is Bureau of Land Management land. The BLM manages it, but it needed more management than the BLM were doing. And so the late, great Ed Waldheim, he formed an organization called Friends of El Mirage, and he literally took over management of the area. The BLM gave him the area. He got state parks grants, and for his match, he used volunteer hours. And he hired a bunch of people. They built a visitor center. They bought heavy equipment. And they hired staff. And they keep track. They they manage that area effectively. And so I review their grants. And let me tell you a little bit about this one. I reviewed the grant application on behalf of Corva. I see you remove bushes and weeds from the dry lake. And then I asked, are these invasive or natural plants? And why is it necessary to move them, remove them? I mean, I... I don't know. Are these invasive? There's rules for getting rid of invasive plants. That yep. means ones that are not native to the place. And it's it's just curious. Another part of the application, it says that they are going to be uh, purchasing a road base. Road base is like broken up little bits of concrete. Yeah, gravel. That they want to uh, imp- they want to improve some uh, finger roads to improve access to the dry lake. And they said they want to get 2,000 tons of road base. So 2,000 tons. I mean, I kind of understand that. And here's why. Um, because if you look at, what was it, two two years ago, I think, I worked with Neil Hamada from the Bureau of Land Management for Superstition. There was an area at Superstition at the end of Wheeler Road. And you can, um, Wheeler Road, at the very end, at the base of the mountains, right when you're hitting it, turns it, into, it turns into Imler. And it goes up and goes over towards the backside of the sand and the three, the three fingers, which is now yeah. five fingers because well, of, yeah. Yeah, of all the dunes. We'll just call it the hand. All the sand that's blown over. Um, and there was a section of that where almost guaranteed after the first Big 10 rigs. to 15 yeah t- trucks and trailers blown thrown through their fifth wheels going through there you know after it the first soft. few it got super soft and you'd and see it, you'd, people? people would just get stuck super stuck going in toy mm-hmm. you know they've got their toy hauler in there and they've got their side by side and their dirt bikes in the toy hauler you got heavy weight there you, you know we're talking fifteen thousand pounds that's going through so and I, they've and so took they, they nine some soil nine full um uh what dump trucks? Big dump trucks full of of dg 
and they dug out the a section, I think it was seven or eight feet down, and they just packed full all this DG and then put the sand back up on top of it so that mm-hmm. it's easier for you to dig yourself out and it's, so uh, it it's a stiffer like it's normal section. with a little it bit looks, of, of normal dirt on top? Yeah, yeah, it looks normal. Um, mm-hmm. But Okay, well, let's talk. Let's come back and talk about grants. I got a few more. Yeah, uh, yeah, sounds discuss. good. We got to take a quick break. Thank you for listening to SDRC Dirt Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right. Thanks for coming and joining us back on our final segment here on SDRC Dirt Radio 96.1 FM 1170 AM. The answer. We're talking off-road grants with Ed Stoven here in the house, although Ed just had to run down out front to let Chris in for our next two to three hour. We'll have Chris Visconti joining us. Um, but we were just talking about superstition and off-road grants and, and his questionable grant that the El Mirage wanted for uh, road base. And I was uh, explaining my story of and my background that I've had for uh, superstition where two two years ago we had to fill in we, and it took a, a eight or nine truckloads full of DG um, to fill an area, a small section of uh, Imler Road where people would just guarantee every single time no matter what because that section was just super soft and it was super soft deep down so you know after the first few trucks would hit it the next one would come and they would end up axle deep and it would take one if not two trucks you know connected to and lined up to try and yank them out and tow them out um one of my one of my favorite things that we would do when we were camping there and we'd see people um you know stuck and somebody helping them is, is we just grab our lawn chairs and go up and go sit until they needed more help and then you know obviously would always offer it and never charge part of um you know score southern california off-road recoveries we're not here to make a a box off of you know your incident and your accident but we're here to have a good time laugh smile learn from it learn proper attachment points and where to connect to and how to properly tow somebody out having communication and somebody set up in the right location um, you know to signal and make sure aware so that everybody involved all drivers know what's going on and how to get somebody out is absolutely key in my opinion um, so to me, having that grant and having them requesting money for road base to try and uh, help fill in the roads in El Mirage is not that big of a deal. Um, and I don't see anything wrong with that grant because I could see how helpful it could be when you have heavy trucks and toy haulers that are bringing vehicles in and, um, you know, towing them in. Because at El Mirage, when they're doing that, they're usually bringing in, you know, modified vehicles. Granted, they are built and they're lighter but as you're towing them in you're bringing all the equipment all the tools everything that you need to work on that vehicle so that you can fine tune it along the way I know some people will even bring dinos in so that they can dyno the car really? on site at El Mirage oh, because wow the temperature because and the, the temperature humidity and changes. everything and uh, yeah once you're there and on site becomes totally different so um, Ed just got back with Chris so Ed I was just explaining how I totally understand the need for El Mirage to try okay. and, and beef it, up those roads and so how I feel that that's a good grant they're spending money and effort, and they said they're bringing in two thousand tons of road base. Yes. that just seems like a huge, uh, a huge number. Two thousand tons. Yeah, but when you drive one of El- those trucks, it, it, a it, big it, truck, what does that take? Like ten tons? I don't know. Ten tons. So that would be. Um, you know, uh, I owned a sand truck, and I should be able to answer that. And I can't answer that. Be two hundred truckloads if it was ten ton. 
Anyway, it just seemed like a lot. And I was just wondering, is that really the right number? And maybe it is. It, it probably is, so in all honesty, because if you think of how much is going to be needed per per foot or per section and, and what they're going to be doing, I mean, if they're using heavy equipment to lay down and, and pack in the dirt and make it better, to me, that doesn't seem like an unfounded amount. I mean, for this one small section, and I'm talking, you know, maybe... 25 foot like how long is your yeah, truck and your big that. rig it wasn't very it big full on will sink into the section and it took nine truckloads of dg to get that um filled and and dumped in um, so if you had a quarter Hamada. mile so if you had a quarter which isn't mile really that long of a road that maybe two thousand tons would be the right amount yeah yeah that's I, interesting yeah i just i can't to me that's not a bad grant uh, i i can totally see okay. that grant what else you got okay so, so the one that I was the most conflicted with, it's the... Bring it on. <laughs> okay. It, so there's four categories of grants. There is uh, ground operations, which we love. Mm-hmm. There's safety and education, which yep. we love. Yep. There's restoration, which we don't really love. It's just something it's we have to put up with. Back and forth. Yeah. Preserving the natural and environment. And there's law enforcement. Yes. Right. And, yep. and we want to keep peace. In yep. the off-road areas. Yes. And sometimes I see them like make a left turn and go places we don't want them to go. And this one, okay, let's see. Where does it begin? Uh, lifeguards. Okay. The city of Los Angeles is asking for $200,000 to show kids how to ride mini bikes. This is a follow-up to the ending of the NIPM program. And NIPM stands for National Youth Program Using Mini Bikes. That's an old program. It was sponsored by American Honda. They were taking uh, kids who are maybe having a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. and, or they're in circumstances where they weren't succeeding in school. They would get mini bikes and they would teach them how to ride mini bikes. They'd take them out and they would use that as incentive to do well in school. Mm-hmm. You do well in class, we'll take you riding. I think it's wonderful. I do too. So Nippum closed its doors last year. It was a big surprise. I got an email. Nippum is no longer in business. Yeah, they've been in business for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, I think. Um, I personally volunteered with the uh, Nippum out of El Centro, and I saw just how worthwhile the program is. Oh, yeah. I went out there, and there's a bunch of kids, and they were nice kids. They look like they maybe came from not the best homes, mm-hmm. and they loved riding mini bikes, and... We had a great day. So LAPD wants to continue the program without NIPM. So I think that's awesome. Um, they just want a lot of money to do it. And and that's where I, I'm like conflicted because I want the program to go on, but I don't want the money to be wasted. So they want $25,000 to buy a side-by-side to go with the kids. Well, this is mini bikes. This is grown-ups teaching kids how to ride small motorcycles. So I think the grown-ups should ride their own motorcycles. Yeah, I can see that. But again, let's be let me be devil's advocate here. Okay. I can see that that you can have um, a dirt bike rider, adult dirt bike rider in the front, and then in the back, in case somebody falls, in case somebody gets injured, in case somebody, you know, I, I mean, I've done um, wrist and I've done some throttle. So depending on what it is, if they get too tired, they can't do, you know, they're not used to it. They need a break, something along those. You can strap the mini bike to the back and throw the kid on the side. Can't put a mini bike on a side by side. Not ah, easy. Let me show but, you but, photos. Oh, I'm sure it's done. So... 
and I was out there with them. Now, the course that we made, you could walk that course in 10 minutes. We don't go far. No. no. It's like it's just over there and back. So if, if that kid has a problem over there, like you could just walk over there. Okay, okay. I'm thinking you know what I'm, I'm thinking a longer ride. Miles. I'm thinking what my rides. Okay, okay. And so I forgive want me, to take these me. kids. You're, you're you're coming back at it. I want to take these kids on a long ride. I would love to like need a side by side to put in snacks and water and, and take them for miles through the day. I think that would be the greatest, but that's not what they do. Right. They, it's just a small way. So they um they want twenty five thousand for a side by side. Um so they uh, want to pay the officers overtime. At a rate of $117 per hour. Wow. That's the highest one. There's an, the next one down is like 107 and then I think the lowest rate is 70 something dollars an hour. I mean, being within the industry, I'm pretty sure we can get volunteers that would be willing to go out and partake in that. But you know, How I, about 40 I, bucks an hour? Would you do it for 40 bucks an hour? I would do hour? it for 40 bucks an hour. I did it for nothing. Yeah, I know. I'm I, saying volunteers, I, I would do gas. it for nothing. And I drove out there and I brought my motorcycle. Oh, and they want money to buy some motorcycles. Okay. Um, so they say they take 40 kids twice a week for 40 sessions a year. That's what they're looking for. And so I did the math. Oh, and how much the whole grant is about $200,000. The whole project is, I don't know, two seventy or two fifty. I forget. But they want $200,000 in grant money. So I divided... I, did the math. It's $125 per kid per session. Hmm. And I'm like, so I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I've seen the government waste a lot more money than that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. So when we, I don't know, when I look at a grant like this, uh, 125 bucks to take a kid, it's not so bad. No, I, I thought you were saying this is one of your worst ones. I think this is no, one of your better this is ones. Not a, the, I'm That's why conflicted. I said bring it on. I'm conflicted because I love what they do. I don't love wasting money. Well, I don't see it as a waste. I see it as an encouragement. And Los Angeles has a lot of kids in it. So I and they're about, and they're working on their new off road park, which we can hopefully what follow. What about suit. those officers so just, getting one hundred and seventeen dollars per hour? You know, that's we the need part to, that bothers me. We need well, look it at how many got laid me. off because of COVID and not wanting to get the vaccine. So you know what? Let them have a little bit of encouragement and make a little bit of extra money for those that wanted to stay on. You know what I? Did? I don't see anything. Wrong I, I with didn't it. even write a comment. I was Good so for confused. you. That I makes just me like happy. I just let it go. Yeah. All right. We've got to wrap things up here. Thank you for listening to SDRC Dirt Radio. Hopefully you become a member. SDRC.org. $25 annual membership uh, gets us here on radio, keeps us informed, helps us with our our, uh, different... our activities Groups that we're on and um, what we, we do, our lobbyists, uh, some of them lawsuits. cost money. Yep. Uh, we're very excited to come back one more time between two and three. We've got Chris Visconti in the house and a longtime off-road advocate. We hope to you come back. Uh, SDORC Dirt Radio, 96.1 FM, AM 1170. The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.